0: Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Good morning. What an incredible sense of the presence of God in this place today, amen? Don't you love the presence of God? I said to my wife during worship, Sally, and I want to acknowledge her and just thank you for being with me. We're just in a season where we can start to travel together a bit more, which means the world to me. Uh, You get a more relaxed version of me. It's wonderful. Uh, Some people say praise God for that, but um, it's just such a joy and a privilege, but just in the worship, just lean over to each other and just what a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful sense of the presence of God. And uh, God responds to hunger, amen? And uh, never underestimate your part in the equation of what God wants to do in your life. He's sovereign. Now, if you're waiting for a thus saith the Lord and for me to start prophesying, it starts when I pick up the mic. Is that cool? So don't miss what God's saying because you're waiting for a certain thing. And that's the same in our whole lives. Sometimes we miss God because we're looking for a certain packaging or a certain way. I reckon if I lived in Bible times, I would have missed God a lot if I had my perspective because I wouldn't have talked through a bush or through a donkey or through a heathen king or ridden on a wall with a finger. How about you? If we heard about that today, we'd say that's not God. God doesn't do that. And we're going to be people that make sure we don't miss God because we have this nice little box of this is how God works. God is always working. God is always doing new things. And we can miss God because of what He did. And we miss what He's doing because this is what God does. And he says that even in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, uh, forget those former things, don't dwell on the past. We quote that scripture all the time and we talk about it from a negative, as in forget the bad things. Don't for, It doesn't say that. It says forget the former things, not the bad things. And it doesn't say forget them as in don't you won't remember them. But it says do not dwell on the things of the past. Where you dwell is where you live. We, we, we live in Berwick in Southeast Melbourne. We're not there right now, but that's where we dwell. We continually go back, and that's our home. We visit other places. We love other places. We enjoy other places, but where we feel most at home is in our home. Does that make sense? And it says don't dwell in the things of the past. So it doesn't say you can't celebrate them. We should celebrate them. God told the children of Israel, celebrate what I have done. Set up memorial stones. Don't forget. It's so easy to forget. Remember, 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 but don't dwell there because you'll miss the new thing that I want to do. It says, do not dwell in the things of old because, see, I am doing a new thing. Notice what God says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see it? It says a lot to me. says, I am making a way in the wilderness. I'm making streams in the wasteland. And in there you see twice, I am, I am, I am. And isn't He the God who is the I am? I am who I am. And it is a present tense. Sometimes we serve the past tense God and sometimes we serve the future tense God but He is the present tense God He is the same yesterday today and forever but He is in the now and sometimes we miss the now because we're living in the what was or sometimes we miss the now because we're living in the it will be He says, see, I am doing a new thing. See it, see it, see it. Uh, I want to encourage you to be people who spiritually see and not just spiritually hear. You can spiritually hear what God says, and then you can self-interpret and say, it looks like this and still miss it, not because you didn't hear, but because you heard the words and they said, that's what it will look like. And God goes, no, 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 I need you to see it, not just hear it. See, I am doing a new thing. And you need to understand, we need to have our theology of God correct. And theology actually means the study of God. It's not doctrine, it's God. We've made it too much about doctrine, not enough about God. Some people spout doctrine and can can quote all the doctrine that they have learned and still not know God. Some people win theological arguments and don't know God. It's about knowing God. Amen? And we need to understand that the Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I want to declare over your life that the I am, the present tense, God is a creator. Everyone say God is a creator. See, if we're not careful, If, if we've we got to be careful that we don't think that He created for six days and then He moved on to other things. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is still creating today. He's still doing, see, I am doing a new thing. What's that? Creation. Come on. I am making a way. Present tense. I didn't just make a way. I won't just, I will make a way, but I am making a way. Because we need to know that God, the God that we serve is a little bit bigger. No, 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 no. Infinite. Bigger than you and I have ever imagined. He's not, he cannot be contained into words. Sometimes we say, I can describe God. No, we can describe little facets of God. The human language is not enough to describe our God. We cannot articulate accurately who he is. It's impossible. Even the word God, G O D, that doesn't describe him. Our letters cannot contain him. Words cannot contain him. And your biggest view of God is puny. Mine is, I'm 45, I've known Him my whole life, and it's puny. The longer I walk with Him, the more I go, wow. There's so much more. And when we pass from this life into the next, you will not know all of God forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. ever. There's gonna be layers and layers and layers because how can God Himself ever be fully understood by a created being? If we can fully understand, then there's a limit to God. we got to lift our vision of who this God is. And we need to understand that this present tense God who lives in the now, because He says repeatedly in Scripture, repeatedly, that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It says in Psalm 90 verse 2, From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. From everlasting to everlasting, you are. It didn't say from everlasting you were, for, to everlasting you will be. It says, no, from everlasting to everlasting, you just are. You need to understand this God who created time, who created space, who created all that we see and all that we try to filter God through. We cannot filter God through something He made. He's bigger than that. He's bigger than that. And, and God is not bound by time. Is this meant to go here? There's nowhere in the world that can hear ba- badly. Praise God. Are you doing good, brother? Good. Stay there. I'm standing, you can stand. Have you got a stool? No, don't you misbehave. There's God who is from everlasting to everlasting. Um, I'll tell you one problem I don't have this morning a sense of I've got nothing to say. I don't have that problem. Spirit of God's going to over time on the inside of me. And again, thank you. Because Jesus went to some places and could not do many miracles because of people's, he's just a carpenter, he's just this. It's just Stephen Sow. But you know what? It says in the apostles that they were, the, the people were commended, the Bereans were commended because they received the word not as the words of man, but the words of God. We've got to make sure when we hear the word, it's not the words of man, it's the words of God. And uh, <laughs> God told me in worship, He gave me a picture, and and we'll just see where we end up. God gave me a picture, and and He said that this morning God has prepared a banqueting table for us. Isn't that good? Sometimes you have a meal. Have you ever been to a meal someone's house? Don't look around right now. Where you go there, and there's just nowhere near enough. And you go to Macca's on the way home. Don't put your hand up. But you're laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? That's not the way our God prepares things for us. There's always more than enough. He's a more than enough God can hear an amen to that. But a banqueting table. This lady back here, God's just interrupted me, and I'm not here to get through notes. I'm here to keep in step with the Spirit. So this lady back here, um, third from the end. Yes, you. you know who you are? Great. Wonderful. What's your name? Joe? Joan. Uh, I'm mid centers and Father's highlighting you, so I better obey and see what he wants to say. But I just see the big commendation of Father right over you. And he wants you to know that your prayers have never fallen on deaf ears and your prayers have been powerful. You've seen some answers. But there's a bunch more that you're saying, God, when, when, when. And so with all your family right now, I'm going to send a word of release for it to be a tipping point. Is that cool? Does it make sense to you? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ right now, thank you for Joan. Thank you for faithfulness and prayer. I thank you that you've heard everyone. And we don't understand, God, sometimes why there's delays. We don't understand sometimes, Lord. Why there's contradictions in, in our opinion and our perception. But Lord, you're looking for those that will keep on being faithful and keep on going even when they don't see. And Joan is one of those ladies who has kept on going. And so there is a commendation of Father over you right now. But in the name of Jesus, I come into agreement. We come into agreement, church. And we say, Father, we're asking for the ancestor to pray to be released from heaven right now in Jesus' name. We stand against any opposition, even Daniel, when he prayed. God heard him when he prayed, and it took 21 days for uh, the angels to get through and to break through because of the opposition. Right now, I come against the opposition because there has been a spiritual opposition. You felt some of it's been natural, but there's been a spiritual element. And Father, I forbid the enemy any longer from stopping the answers and the angels and the miracles coming through. In the name of Jesus Christ, I release salvation over your household. I release the blessing and the favor of God in Jesus' name. Amen. This present tense God, and sorry, this banqueting table, let me just say that. The Bible talks about God's banqueting table. You see it throughout Scripture. You see it in Psalms 23. He prepares a table before me. Unfortunately, we don't like the next part in the presence of my enemies. But in the good that God's preparing something and doing something, even when things are going bad. And this is a God, but his banqueting table, this is a picture I get. The opposite of what I said before, where you go to someone's house and there's not enough. There's always too much. There's always too much. And I just feel this morning, God's going to say, a few different things. If you want a structured nice message, go to another church down the street or somewhere else because we're just gonna just, uh, can we just allow Father to just place a bunch of things on the table? And as we go through the week, allow him to bring back and say, hey I want you to lean into this, uh, this is for us as a church, this is for us, is that cool? And I just want to just say one more thing about, uh, well no I don't, i say lots of more things, but um, one more thing on this present tense God that's a Creator. I didn't intend to go here, but this this is what father's doing in the moment. And I and, and I want even what I'm doing to be an example to us. Those that have the opportunity to speak, which should be all of us. I'm not talking on a platform, but to people. Don't go in with a pre okay, if they say this, I'll say this, and if and if the conversation goes that way, then I'll bring this and that you can you can pray beforehand and, and be prepared beforehand. But don't be more reliant upon a way of doing something or how you did it last time or how what that person heard that made them respond more than you rely upon what the Holy Spirit is saying to you in the moment I really want to drop that into our spirits sometimes as preachers we can rely upon God in our prep but not in the platform we can hear from God and then we rely upon what he said in the notes. And I want to encourage you to be people that keep in step with the Spirit of God because He's a present tense God. Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And I just want to tell you there's God who is a creator. Everyone say God is a creator. He, was, he wasn't just for six days because remember, He's the same yesterday, today and forever. But here's something that might blow your mind. And if it blows your mind, great because I want our blinds to be uh, our blinds to be mowing you don't mow blinds let's try that again see I've got so much to say I just I get to heaven my tongue is going to keep up with my spirit <laughs> and to, <but> right now <laughs> praise God what am I saying our minds to get blown Jenny you're not helping just settle down. <laughs> Our minds be blown by the goodness of God, by the largeness of our God. Come on, young people, whatever you know about God is bigger. And I just here's two things, and this is, this is just to get you thinking about God, because here's the reality, we think about ourselves too much. You know your problems, you don't need us to talk about your problems because you know your problems. We don't need to talk about what we're struggling with because we know we're struggling with it. I'm not saying don't talk, talk to someone, but I'm saying right here, right now, our greatest, our greatest need is not to understand our problems more, but to, to see our God more clearly. Is that true or not true? Because we somehow pigeonhole Him and, and shrink Him down. And this God who created time, you know what's really, really cool? On day four of creation, God created the sun and the moon. You can read it in Genesis. He created the sun and the moon and the stars. And it says He created the, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light, the moon, to govern the night. And these determine the time and the seasons. Is that what the Bible says? So that is day and night based around the sun. You can't have a day or night without the sun and the moon. Is that correct? Because time, it rota- it's all centered in the sun and the moon but what blows my mind and just does me a lot of good when I think about my God is he did that on day four he had already had day one day two and day three he had a morning and an evening before God created the elements he needed the sun and the moon to have a day and an evening we sometimes think God can't do this, God can't do that. He can have three days without sun and moon that actually determine days. <laughs> and He created time, did He not? He cre- cre- Time is, oh God help me. He is an eternal being, He is an eternal God. Everyone say God is eternal. Shout it out, God is eternal. He has no beginning, He has no end, He is eternal. Don't think of God through the constructs of time, through the limitations of time. That's why when things don't get answered, when we think, remember, He's eternal. He's eternal, even dead is not final, just ask Lazarus. He's eternal and time is a created thing, correct? So therefore, if He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and from everlasting to everlasting, He is God. We need to understand because He lives outside of time and is eternal. He was before creation, at creation, in the Old Testament with Abraham and Moses and David. He was when Jesus was walking around the earth. He was a thousand years AD. He is with us here today. He is when I'm 70. He's there now. When Jesus comes again, and when He is a million, billion years into eternity, God is in all of those places right now all the time you say that's impossible welcome to the starting point of your God did I just make sense what I said That's when God prophesies and God speaks prophetically. We think we stand here in this point in a moment in time and look ahead to what God is prophetically declaring and say, I hope that comes to pass. Well, God is in our future now. When I'm 70, God is there right now declaring, Steve, let me tell you what it looks like from where I am. How about you walk towards that? it says he knew us before the foundations of the world hang on I was only born 45 years ago but yet with God there is no time so he is at before the creation of the world and at my birth and now and in my future now don't diminish your God don't shrink your God down to something that he's not and I want to declare over us are you doing okay Again in worship, and I'll get to what I want to download, and I might let you sit down. I felt God saying to remind the people: we are spiritual beings with a natural element; we are not natural beings with the spiritual element. Sometimes we think we have this wrong perception. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, of course, I'm a, I'm a natural. I'm a I'm a person, and I have a spiritual element. And the reason why this is so important is your perception determines how you live not your reality but your perception and doesn't the Bible say that God created us in His image is that what your Bible says God created us in His image and He's a spirit He's not natural you need to understand you're a spiritual being and you have a natural element you're not a natural being with a spiritual element When you get born again, you don't add a little bit of God to your life. He is life. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He who has a son has eternal life. We are born again of incorruptible seed. We are spiritual beings. Amen. And one more thing I want to say, and then I I might dismiss you. Um, just stay with me one moment. I just want to pray. I just felt God say to me in the last couple of days, I uh, just want to release this and come into agreement with you. Because how many people know this power in agreement? You know, when you say amen, it means let it be. I come into agreement with God. God says. When God declares something, remember He's an eternal God. It's done. But it's only released when a word is spoken and comes into agreement with Father's intention. That's how creation came into being. Father wanted light. The Holy Spirit was hovering, waiting to bring light into existence, but He couldn't bring into existence what Father had declared until the Word spoke, because life and death is in the power of the tongue. And when the Word, the Son, said, Let there be light, let it be Amen. light. I'm coming into agreement with Father's intention that releases the Holy Spirit, and it is done. And so whenever you say, amen, yes, God, yes, God, you are literally taking Father's intention and you're releasing the Holy Spirit who actually brings into re- our reality what exists in God's reality. Was that deep? We need to understand the power of your presence is not just a natural thing, you're a spiritual being. We're coming into agreement. We're bringing the natural into alignment with the spiritual. Come on. Doesn't it say in the Lord's Prayer, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it's done in heaven. We think God, we, we almost, oh, come on, come on, God, help me here. We've got to get our perspective right. It's spiritual first and it flows into the natural. It's not natural that flows into the spiritual. It's not touched by the spiritual. It's not a little bit of God added. It's not a little bit of church added. It's not a little bit of prayer added. No, we are now new creations. The old is gone, the new has come. We are born again of incorruptible seed. And I want to declare and release over your life that God is a generational God. If you believe that, shout amen. And God is a covenantal God. Can you shout amen? And some of you just need to be reminded. We need to be reminded. We all need to be reminded that God is a covenantal God. He said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You come to the New Covenant, New Testament, and it starts in Matthew 1, and this is when it introduces Jesus. And what does it start with the whole of Matthew 1? Most people just skip past it. It's a covenantal God. He goes through from Abraham right through to Jesus and gives generation after generation. this was the father of this person, this was the father. Why? Because I'm a generational God. I care about families. I care about generations. This is who I am. I am the God of Abraham. And not separate the God of Isaac. But come on, I am the God of Abraham. Isaac and I am the God of Jacob. And in Deuteronomy 7, verse 9, it says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. Aren't you glad about that? He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. And so I just want to pray. If you've got people in your world, a mother, a father, grandparents, children, grandchildren, brothers, sisters that are not living in this wonderful relationship of friendship with Almighty God, and your heart yearns, and you're praying, and you're seeking, and you want me with all of us just to come in agreement and say, God, you're a covenantal God. We just ask that you reveal your goodness, your life, and your love to them. I, I wonder if, you, if that's you. Maybe we can all stand because we probably all know someone. But stand right now, and this is not just a token prayer. I'm really believing God does something in the spiritual. I can pray and come into agreement, but I cannot believe for you, okay? You gotta believe for yourself. So if you if, if this is you and you even as you're hearing me speak, something's stirring on the inside, you don't need to understand it. But you just say, God, I want I just want them to know you. I just really want them to know you. I want you to reach out your hearts. Maybe you want to reach out your hands. Is this God? I just need you ready to receive. But Father, we come to You in the wonderful and the mighty name of Jesus. And we come to You on the authority of the Word, the eternal Word. And we come to You as Father, Abba Father. You know what it is like to be a parent even better than we know, God. You are the Father who sent Your Son, oh God. And You are a Father who lives in relationship with Your Son. But Lord, You also know that so many times we can struggle. So many times we are waiting. Lord, we are wondering what's going on, God. And we feel helpless. But Lord... We look to the hills from where our heart comes from. It is the Lord, the maker of heavens and earth. Lord, we thank You. It's Your kindness that leads people to repentance, Lord. And Your Word says that all of God's promises are yes in Christ Jesus. And through us, through us, church, come on, through us, the Amen. Let it be is spoken for the glory of God. So right now we release revelation of the goodness of God. We release salvation, Lord, to the prodigals. And those that have never made a decision. Lord, we just speak against Lord the walls and the the barriers of tradition and religion and hypocrisy and compromise that so many have seen, oh God. And we just even speak against the deception that has now got in to paint a picture of God that is different to who you are. And we cry out for the mercy of God. Like Stephen cried out for Saul when he was being stoned to death, God. We cry out, God, do not hold this against them, but reveal your good goodness and your truth and your love and your life. And we're crying out for a road to domestic experience for every person that we love, Lord. Would you visit them? Would you reveal yourself to them, I pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I say, amen, Lord, let it be, let it be. Come on, if that's you, you need to stir yourself. Come on, life and death is in the power of your tongue. You need to say, come on, let it be, God, let it be, God. Come on, come on, speak it out louder. Let it be, God, Lord, we declare salvation. Come on, we declare revelation. We declare breakthrough, God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let it be in Jesus' name. Let it be in Jesus' name. Let it be in Jesus' name. Come on, we rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. The father of lies, the accuser of the brethren, the the destroyer he comes to steal kill and destroy but Jesus Christ came to give life and life more abundantly and we right now take a stand together collectively and say the devil no longer has a right we take it back in the name of Jesus Christ we declare as for me and my house we will serve the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ thank you father thank you father Amen, amen, amen. If you accept a shout amen. Amen, grab a seat. Praise God. How are you doing? You might as well just stay then. Pastor Steve and Pastor Jenny, God spoke to me before I came and he said the statement to me, faithful in and faithful out. Faithful in and faithful out. Uh, God, what do you want to say here? And this is what he said is simple, but I want to plant it into your spirits because I, I, I think it's an affirmation, but it's also a commission. And he says, faithful in this congregation and faithful out in this nation. And then he says, faithful in this nation and faithful out in the nations of the world. So you're not called to a single location. You're not called to uh, a single place. But it's faithful in this congregation, faithful out in this nation, faithful in this nation, and faithful out in the nations of the world. Church, we need to hear this because we need to release God's purposes. And I felt Father say, let Father order the steps and the pace. Let Father order the steps. Order the steps. And I know that Scripture, Proverbs 36 uh, and Psalm 37, 24, 23. But I found Him draw me this morning to order. The steps. And it's not just direct, but it's the order of them. And at times he's gonna get your attention on when there's source discussions plans, he's gonna say, This is my will, but we've got the order wrong. I want you to do this first and that first. He's gonna he's gonna clarify your order at times. And when he does, it's not to lay a burden upon you, it's actually so that you see the maximum fruit. Amen. But also the pace. Also the pace. Allow God to set the pace. Praise God. i got this for you guys. I don't fully know what it means, but I'm not called to understand. I'm called to be obedient. Anyone else? Do not lean on your own understanding. And God gave me this phrase, regional, not territorial. Never heard it before. Never said it before. Regional, not territorial. And so because I had no idea what God was trying to say, I felt prompted and I just went to the dictionary. This is what regional says, relating to or characteristic of a region, the characteristics of a region. While territorial means relating to the ownership of an area of land or sea. And as I read that, this is what I feel the Spirit of God is saying to you as a church. God wants you to be regional. And he wants you to relate to the characteristics. God, we want the we want the DNA, the fruit of the Spirit, or the character of God to be released in this region, in Bendigo and beyond. Does anyone want that? But God, we never want to become possessive. This is ours. This is about us. Come on, this is about us doing our thing. It's not about ownership, territorial. No, this is mine. No, the church down the road. No, no, no. This is our too. It's the God that God wants to really release be regional let the character of God flow but never be territorial this is ours the main thing I want to say which was so clear by God was I just believe he wants us to have a right spiritual perspective of the church that's what he told me to speak about just briefly this morning and as he starts to unpack it, well, let me just say the statements and just unpack it. And we'll allow our fathers speak as we're, we're speaking. Number one, the church, a right spiritual perspective. Everyone say right. Not every perspective is right. And because we live in a world that is so much focused on political correctives, inclusiveness, tolerance and everything else, we come now to the place where it's all about, no, 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 it's not right and wrong, come on the all many pathways and all the same God and come on, let's be inclusive, inclusive, I'm sorry, I'm gonna be biblical. I'm gonna be biblical. And Christians that actually compromise Bible for the sake of love are not loving. It's not loving. God is love. But it says, speak the truth in love. It's not about beating people down. It's about connecting people with Father. And God said to me when He called me um, uh, 12 and a half years ago to be a prophet. He says, Steve, if you cannot betray my heart, do not speak my word we got a lot of people that are speaking the Word of God clearly. This is what the Bible says, but it's not motivated by love. And 1 Corinthians 14 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire to spiritual gifts. Come on. If you don't follow the way of love, He says, man, you can have all the gifts in the world. You can you can serve as much as you want. You can even lay down your body. 1 Corinthians 13, 1, 2, and 3. But if you don't have love, you are nothing. And we have many people that are speaking truth clearly, but they're not motivated by love and people are getting repelled. And we're now throwing out truth because we're saying and we're blaming it on truth, but it's not the uh, uh, absence of truth because the truth is present, it's the absence of love. and love is greater because love actually gives context to truth. So we need a right, not a comfortable, not a contemporary, not a palatable, Jesus started to speak certain things and many of His own disciples left Him because of the directness and the hardness of His sayings to understand. I'm not talking about doing that, but we have swung the pendulum so far the other way. And there's a a holy call. And the only reason this is coming out of me right now is there's some people in this room that obviously by the Spirit of God need to hear. Let's not throw out truth because of an absence of love. Let's actually come back to a foundation of love and still speak the truth but do it from in love. Jesus spoke to a woman at a well who'd been married five times and was currently living with someone who was not her husband. And He spoke the truth to her in such a way she went and got the whole town and said, you gotta listen to this man. She was attracted to the one who spoke the truth because she got the love. Don't throw out truth because of an abuse. Embrace the love. Get the foundation of love. And we need a right spiritual, not a natural perspective of the church. And Father wants us to bring this loud and clear to us all today. I felt God say the church is not the buildings and it's not the programs. If you believe that, shout Amen. Good, we've got work to do. The church is not the buildings. You you know that, but in some way, what I'm about to say, some of this might be really simple. We know this, but as Steve said, I'm not here. Oh, this is a good message. I just got to download what Father is saying. The truth is this building right here could be sold and it could be used for office block. It could be used for a turn a factory. It could be used for a hub for uh, accommodation. It could be used for a storage facility. Is that true or is that not true? If I ask you a question, can you guys, can you all talk to me? Is that cool? I'm talking to you. Can you talk to me? Is that true or is that not true? It's true. This is a building and our programs, the church is not the building, but the church is not the programs. I feel God wants to really say clearly, and the reason, and I'll, I'll say the statement, then I'll tell you why Stephen Jenny and church, this is important. God said to me, Programs are not sacred. Programs, events, departments are not sacred. And I believe with all my heart, for everything, there is a time and a season, but not God Himself. Sometimes we become reliant upon. Buildings, And we think the better the building, the better the presence of God. Not true. Sometimes we think the more programs or this program works, let's keep this program going from now and for eternity. But God says that for everything, there's a time and a season. And there are certain programs that Father is going to stop, even when they're flourishing. And if you hold on to it because it has been working, you will miss the new thing God wants to do because He needs to clear some space. And He says, I've done what I wanted to do in that season. But you might say, but we haven't seen all the fulfillment. He goes, the fulfillment one. Come through that program, it will be catalyst from that program, but it'll be something else I want to use. And unless you go with me and step into that and don't hold the program or the compartment or the department in, in as sacred, you will miss what I'm wanting to do. This might not make sense to you right now, but it's going to come time soon when it's going to make sense. Some of you have been involved in something for a long, long time and you've almost taken ownership of it. Oh, I just felt the Holy Spirit speak to me, and He said, This is where the territorial. This is where the regional or not the territorial comes in too. Come on, we want to be ones who show the character of God, the characteristic, not possessive and ownership. No, this is mine. Some people, when God wants to move on and God says, "Bring." we've all got, even Moses, he, he had this, Some he put some over thousands, some over hundreds, some over tens. We've all got different capacities. And I, it's, it's a sign of maturity when people say, you know what, I've gone as far as what, where God wants me and this is time for me to hand it over. That is not, that is not you being, um, that, that is not you, what is it? I'm looking for. That is not you missing the mark. That is not you being a failure. That's actually you hearing God and saying, it's actually not about me. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about the church globally. It's about what God is doing. We have made it too much about us and we hold on to this is my area. This is my thing. This is my thing. This is my program. This is my department. And God is about to come and shift and shake some things. And if you don't receive this as a word from the Lord, you'll say, but hang on, that's mine. No, it's not. Programs are not sacred. Buildings are not sacred. God says, do not get attached to the temporary. Do not get attached to the temporary. The church is not the buildings. The church is not the programs. The church is the people of God. And it is collective and it is individual. There is one church around the world. And when I say one church, I'm not talking Christian, Catholic, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's one church of Jesus Christ. Read the Bible in 1 Corinthians 12. It talks about one body, one body, one spirit, one God, one faith, one baptism. Is that correct? If you believe me, what I'm saying, I want you to shout out amen. Come on, in this little bit here, some of us are uh, a bit gun- we, we receive this as a word from the Lord because God wants to set us up for something. God wants to present There's already God is doing great things things. But God comes along at times and says, those that are bearing fruit, I'm going to prune so you can be more fruitful. The ones I love, sometimes I I bring correction. We think corrections are bad things. No, it's just a course adjustment. So we reach God's intended destination and don't get sidetracked by our own. There is one body, but there are many members, different churches and congregations. Praise God for the Presbyterians and the Baptists and the CRC and the AOC and the KGB and everything else. Uh, Praise God. That was a slip. But praise God for the many members, the many parts of the body. Can I hear an amen to that? We need to celebrate. Jesus' disciples even came to him at one time and said, there's people down the road that are not a part of us and they're preaching. You need to tell them to stop. Come on. This is not a new thing. This is in Bible times. And Jesus didn't say, oh, you're right. They haven't got the right credentials. They don't believe in this, this, and this. He goes, no, if they're not against me, they're for me. Come on, get on side. If they're not against me, they're for me. Thank God for the body of Christ. But it's also, this is one body. And there's many members. You're a member. I'm a member. Do you know what? I'm not the body of Christ. I'm a part of it. Come on, we need a fresh revelation. I'm not the body of Christ. Victory Church is not the body of Christ. It is a part of it. Praise God for Victory Church. Come on. Anyone say praise God? But we are a part and we have a part to play. And it's not to fulfill that which we set our hearts to do. It is actually to fulfill what God has prepared in advance for us to do. Because the church is not ours, it is God's. And too many times as believers we say, this is my church, this is my church. No, this is God's church. Matthew 16 verse 18, Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build my church. I will build my church. I think that God wants to scream throughout the world today, it's my church. 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 It's my church which in itself adds weight spiritually to what I said before, that no program's are sacred. Because if it's Jesus' church and Jesus is building it and Jesus gives us the keys to the kingdom and Jesus prepares good things in advance for us to do and we declare like Jesus, not my will but yours be done, when there's a shift or a change to that which we feel like we almost started or owned or do, we need to be reminded, not mine God's, not mine God's, not mine God's. I see I see so much more fruit coming. There's all I praise God for what has been. I'm seriously you guys can we, we, we can see God's spirit pulled out all over Bendigo and beyond. Come on, I just praise God. I sometimes think that God wants it much more than we want it and we ask for one or two people to get saved or maybe our neighbors or and God says in, uh, in Psalm 2 verse 8 ask me and I'll give you nations as your inheritance but we don't ask them because we think that's too big but hang on who said to ask it's only too big if it's from you not from him he says it's my will that none should perish when we so therefore if you pray for any person maybe it's not God's will rubbish if God's already declared it it's God's will And we need to know God's will and come to agreement with God's will. And when it comes to the church, we need to see the church as God sees it. And it's not buildings, it's not programs, it's the people of God. But it belongs to Him, not to us. Because the church does not exist for our benefit, but for our empowerment. The church does not exist for our benefits. Now it does benefit us, but it doesn't exist for our, come on, where people changing churches because I don't like this and I don't like this. I don't like this. I want more of this. Me, 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 me. Don't we live in a time in a world where entitlement and me, me, me is the the spirit of the world that saturates and and pervades and even perverts. We dare not have it anymore in the body of Christ and in the church of God. Come on. We need to be people that say this is not just about me. This is not for my benefit so I feel good. This is for my empowerment so I can actually fulfill what God has placed us on this earth to do and we are called to be salt and we are called to be light come on we're meant to come to church the bible says in ephesians 4 11 and 12 oh come on god help me help me help me he gave some to be apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry so that we may become mature and complete that we can actually become more like jesus christ have a revelation of him have his holy spirit holy ghost downloads do you believe that god wants to give you downloads from heaven It's a shift of perspective. I pray the Spirit of God is doing something in you today. As I don't just go to church, yes, and I go to work and, and I go to the shops and it's a part. This is not what this is. This is not what we have the benefit of meeting together once or twice a week or whatever it may be. And sometimes we almost feel like we are doing God a favor if we show up. No, come on. We do not forsake the gathering together as some are in the habit of doing, but we're going to do it all the more as we see the day of the Lord approaching. But not for my benefit, not for my blessing. but for for my empowerment we want to be a family but do we want to be an army I've done my duty Steve I've done my time I've done enough for God really this God laid down his life for us and you got tens of thousands of people that do not yet know Jesus Christ and walking distance the church does not exist for itself. For God, it does, the, uh, let me tell you what John 3.16 does not say. For God so love the church that He bless you with all that you want. No, for God so love the world. While we're well, sinners, Christ died for us. Some of us need a fresh fulfilling. I'm not talking about not taking time off and having seasons of rest. We need to actually understand and get a right theology of rest. Because that's the first thing that man saw God model created day six first day what are we going to do God says let's rest and he said, it's holy it's sacred I'm blessing it so I, I want to say we need to get a holy but we also need to get a right perspective of the church amen I believe that the church and I'm almost done the church is the vehicle through which the kingdom of God and the will of God are expressed on the earth the church is the vehicle wow thank you father he just keeps on talking to me I love this I encourage you just keep on listening to God he just said to me then take note of what you just said the church is the vehicle it's not the destination church is not the destination God's the destination Our greatest desire is not for people to go to church, but people to know God. There are many people in church that don't know God. But there are also many people that know God that are not in church. We go, but that's not right. And we want to understand everything. There is right order, there is right flow, there is right priorities. But let's not get sidetracked by stepping into looking at other people and concluding why they're right or wrong. How about we just say, God, what do you want to do with me and what do you want to do through me? How about we celebrate what God's doing in other people even when we don't understand? Huh. The church is the vehicle, not the destination, the vehicle through which the kingdom of God. Everyone say the kingdom of God and the will of God. Everyone say the will of God. I want you to say it again with a bit more passion, not like you're dying on your deathbed. Everyone say the kingdom of God. I'm serious. I'm I'm not trying to... God's got agenda. I'm not here to make friends. I love you. God bless you. No, don't get me wrong. Don't get upset with that. But sometimes that's part of our problems. It's all just about feeling good. We need to actually know the will of God and the, the kingdom of God needs to come. The kingdom of God needs to come. And I want to encourage you, if you're going to say something, come into agreement. How about you say it like you believe it? Because if your football team was playing, I'd hear you a lot louder. And I don't need it, but you need it. Because sometimes we come into so much agreement with what happens up here and not enough with what comes out of here. And I want to declare that the church is the vehicle through which the kingdom of God, and if you believe it, I want you to say the kingdom of God. And the will of God, say the will of God, actually is expressed on the earth. You know, Matthew 6, 9 and 10, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. This is how you should pray because Christians pray. Fish swim, cows moo, horses gallop. And if they don't, there's something wrong with the fish, the cow or the horse. Christians pray. and If they don't, there's something wrong with the Christian because when you pray, this is how you pray. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Notice where the focus in prayer is. Not God, come down to me. God, I've got this problem. No, He when you pray, pray to our Father. Jesus say, my Father, your Father, the same Father. Come on, praise God. You know that Jesus withdrew many times to lonely places, left the crowd to pray, not to Himself and not to the Holy Spirit, but to His Father. We need to start to pray to the Father. In Jesus' name and by the power of the Spirit, but to the Father, to the Father, to the Father, to the Father. Jesus came to connect people to the Father. And He says, when you pray, pray to our Father. Let's get our eyes on Him first. Let's worship Him. Hallowed be Your name. And then the next thing, before we get to give us this day our daily bread, which is where we normally step in, God, I need this, I need this. Now let's focus on God. Let's worship God. And then now let's cry out. Let's get past what what I want, what I want, me, me, I come to church, God. No, let Your kingdom come, Father, on this earth as it's already done. In heaven, so the starting point is not earth. Bless it. We got to get past God blessing what we initiate. God blessing what we choose. God blessing what we plan. We're going to do this, and we need to pray, God, that You'll bless it. We don't need to pray that God blesses something that God actually initiated. Because if He initiated, it's blessed. God created mankind, and He said, "You're blessed." Why? Because I made you. God created Sabbath rest and He blessed it. He says, blessed, why? Because I made it. But what we're doing is we're trying all these things and saying, God, I hope You'll bless us. I hope You'll bless us. And God says, stop, stop. Pray, my kingdom comes. Kingdom mean the authority of God. Come on. We want your authority because in this world, the enemy is causing havoc. Come on. In our homes, in our marriages, in our families, in our work, in our relationships, in our health, in our finances, the enemy's coming. And He says, now you can pray. God's authority come. And he says in Revelation 1 that he has called us kings and priests. Come on, the kingdom of God. This is what the church is. This is what the church is. Releases of the authority of God. Not, oh God help me, not to be territorial to own as mine, as mine. But actually to see the character and the DNA and the heart of God released. But there comes... When it comes to people we serve, when it comes to the enemy, we rule over. Where we get in trouble is when we confuse the two sometimes we try to rule over people and control people and God says no follow my example come on I came to serve not to be served I want you to serve I lay down my life when it comes to people serve but sometimes we fight against the people but there's a spirit behind it he says I want you to take authority over that you might say I can't do that are you a Christian yes you can and we need to come on Jesus said in Luke 10 19 I have given you authority over all the enemy's power James 4 7 submit yourself to God resist the devil and he's got to flee from you why but because you're powerful but because you no longer live but Christ lives in you this is about order this is about authority this is about alignment this is about taking dominion over principalities we do not fight flesh and blood in Hebrews six ten, but principalities and powers don't fight people fight principalities and powers and sometimes we say, oh, this is just a bit too out there for me. I'm not that sort of person. You need to be. You need to be. It doesn't have to be demonstrative and loud like I'm doing right now, but you do you. But you know what? I'm going to do me. Because I get the enemy yelling in here. Sometimes I need to rise up a bit and say, no, you're trespassing. This is the mind of Christ. I am bought by the precious, blood. we overcome the enemy, the accuser, by the blood of the lamb, the blood what God has done and who he is and the word of our testimony. If God is for me, who can be against me? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. It's not faking it, it's not hyping it, it's biblical. And some of us are shrunk back in our spiritual authority because we're seeing abuse and excess. And like throwing truth out because there's an absence of love, don't throw authority, let your kingdom come through us because we're seeing abuse. And don't blame anything on your personality because God created your personality and God created you, but it is still to release God's kingdom and God's will on this earth. We need to find and discover, but man, let's not, let's not run away from. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Let your authority come in my life and through my life. So my question is, are we living submitted to the, the authority of the Father? I think if anyone's got the right to do what they want, it would be Jesus. In Luke 22, 42, it says, not my will, but yours to be done. I want to do what you want me to do. Because right now, remember, he was a man. His flesh was saying, if there's any other way, can we do it another way? I don't want to go through this. Sometimes we think he was devoid of it. There'll be many times when you, God will call you or ask you to do something, including forgive those that hurt you. Come on, come on. And we say, God, I don't want to, uh, this is too hard. Jesus said it too, but He didn't put a full stop there. He said, yet not what I want, what you want. This is what we need a revival of in the body of Christ. God, I know this is difficult, but what do you want? That's what I commit to. Because this is what heaven is like. It's the kingdom and authority of God, and it's the will of God. Are we living in alignment with Father's plan and Father's purpose. Praise God. I want to encourage us, just before I hand back to Pastor Steve, to encourage us to be people who build upon the right thing and build with the right thing we build upon the foundation of Christ there's no other foundation that can be laid except the foundation of Jesus Christ 1 Corinthians 3 says and it's built upon a revelation of who God is A.W. Tozer said what comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you it's powerful what I think about God that is the most because I'll live from that view I'll live from that view the revelation can only come from God, not from us. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 16 to Peter. This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. You can't get revelation by studying. It can only be by my Father in heaven. And if you're hungry and thirst, God says, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. Paul keeps on praying. I pray that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know God's bit. And I pray your eyes may be open. What's that revelation so that you might know the hope of your calling, the glorious riches of your inheritance, and your incomparable, great power for God, for those who believe. Ephesians one. And so I want to encourage us to be people that build upon the foundation of Christ and a revelation of who He is. Can I hear an amen to that? We don't build upon programs. We don't build upon personalities. We don't build upon charisma. God forbid we we don't build upon what He did in the past and stay camped there. I believe God has spoken today, but we're going to build upon what God is saying right here and right now, what He's showing us, but it's all on the foundation of Jesus and a revelation of who He is. And we're going to build with God Himself. Come on. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, Three, six. that I planted the seed of polis water, but only God makes things grow. Praise God the responsibility is not on you to reveal truth to those that you love. Come on. Praise God that the responsibility is not on you to heal the sick. Praise God the responsibility is not on your pastors to build the church. Jesus says, I'll build my church. I'll make things grow. How about you do the, th- the things that I ask you to do? Knowing there's a part of it. You might say, God doesn't need me. And most preachers would correct you. I won't. I'll affirm you. You're right. He doesn't. But He wants me. And He chooses me. And that's His plan. And so I'm going to say, yes, Lord. But He doesn't need me. And He doesn't need you. That's not a negative. We need to have a right, real perspective. Remember, for all eternity, before He created, He was self-existent. That's one of the natures of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit perfect union they don't need anything else but they say I want this that that's good that takes it to another level that doesn't, that's not negative to me that's wonderful God doesn't have to have me, He wants me God doesn't have to love me He wants to love me God doesn't have to use me right now, He wants to use me, come on come on, shift our perspective God I should do this. No, I get to do this. But it costs so much. God told me a a little while ago, traveling back from another international trip, and I was tired. And I said, God, I prefer to just stay at home and just do stuff at home. Would that be all right with you? Because I'm tired. And he said this word, and it's just, wow. He said, I want you to replace the word cost with privilege. God, this has costed a lot. This is... He said, no, you're privileged to do this. You're privileged to be a part of what I'm doing on this earth. No more does God want to bless what you're doing. He wants us to see what he's doing because that is blessed. Let's pray. We want to build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. We want to build upon the foundation of the revelation of who he is. We want to build with God himself. But I also want to say we want to build with each other. Can I hear an amen? I want to encourage every one of you to go home and saturate, sit and meditate on 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. Because it paints such a picture of the one body, many members. And it goes right through and says, if the ear is not the eye, should it say I'm not part of the body because I'm not that part. That, you know, they don't need me. But even the, the weaker parts God gives more grace to is a beautiful picture that we all need each other. We need to build with each other, walk with each other, journey with each other. And Father, Father, as I pray, I wonder if you'd stand to your feet just quietly and reach out to God. Stand to your feet. Father, I know that you've downloaded and said a lot. But Lord, every person in this room is so important to you. And you love every person. And your desire is for us to have an accurate, a right spiritual perspective of the church, of you, and even of ourselves. We're not created by ourselves for ourselves. We were created by God for God. Not to be used, but to partner with, to live in love. And I thank you for that. And while every eye is closed right now in this holy place, every eye is closed, every eye is closed. I, no looking around, no distraction. I wonder if you just place your hands down just for a minute. Put your hands down, but just keep your eyes closed. Just focus on God. Maybe you're in this place and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've never said, God, I want to give my life to you because you created me and I want to live in your love. It's an acknowledgement that we haven't done everything right, but that's the beauty of Jesus, that he forgives it, and he's so beautiful and wonderful. And he doesn't want to control you. He wants to love you, and he wants you to be free. While every eye is closed, if you say, well, maybe you have made that decision, but you've not been walking with God, and you just want to say, God, I want to walk with you. I I I want to walk with you. I want to be your friend. If that's you in this place, every eye closed, I wonder if you just lift up your hand really high, sorry. And I just want to pray for you. God bless you. Anyone else really, really high so I can see? Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Praise God. Praise God. You can put your hand down. God bless you. I saw at least a couple. There might be more, but the Bible says if you believe in your heart, it doesn't say if you understand in your mind. Come on. But I've got questions. Great. Let your questions lead you towards God, not away from Him. It says, if you believe in your heart, something just a resounding yes in your spirit, and you confess with your mouth. Why? Because there's creative powers. Some of us know that in reverse. We speak so much negative over ourselves that we end up believing it. Why? Because there's power in what we say. So if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and that doesn't just mean He's nice and He's your Savior, it means supreme in authority. That is God, you're the one who leads my life now. The Bible says you will be saved. So I want you to pray this prayer with me. And I want everyone that is a believer, I want you to pray this. And would you do me a favor, not pray it again like you're on your deathbed, but pray it like you believe it. Some of you are going to remember that statement when you left, and I've never said it before. But right now I want you to pray this with me. Come on, every person. Father, thank you that you are love and that you love so much that you acted and you sent your son to die for us. You created us for a relationship with you. And that relationship is freedom but I know I've made my own choices and I've become Lord of my own life and today I choose to make you Lord of my life please forgive me of my sins and would you come and live in my heart would you come and be my life would you come and be my friend I receive your grace and I thank you for this day In Jesus' name, amen. Father, right now I just release your blessing over every person, every home, over this church. I release the favor, the goodness, the kindness of God. I release your kingdom and your will to happen in every individual's life and this church corporately. I declare and prophesy and release that this church is not to hide in the shadows, not to fly under the radar, but it's to be a city set on a hill. It is to be a light that is shining bright. I pray, Father, for greater influence for every person in their workplace and in the community and in their family. I pray, Lord, there'll be a shift of perspective from I need to invite people to church, there'll Lord, but rather that I am one who is the church, and I'm going out into the world. Jesus sent out. Jesus sent out. Jesus sent out. Jesus sent out, and I send you right now. Every person that will receive this from me a holy commission. I'm commissioning you and releasing you. You are to go and to be ministers of reconciliation. You are good to go and actually to be salt and light where you live. Not to preach a gospel that rams down truth into people's throat, but to come from a foundation of love that is listening to your Father and. When Father says, speak, we speak. And when Father says, be silent, be silent. When Father says, give, we give. When Father says, hug, we hug. Lord, we actually want to learn how to love, how you want us to love in the environments that you send us into so that your kingdom can come and your will will be done. Lord, give us fresh eyes to see how it looks from your perspective, us going and us being. And Lord, over this church, Victory Church, I pray they come into greater days of victory, Lord, in Jesus mighty name. Lord, where the enemy f- um, flees on the left, on the right. Lord, even as the seven sons of Sceva said, but, um, Jesus, we know and we've heard about Paul, but who are you, Lord? I pray that this church will be one that the devil says we know about that church. That church is a thorn in our, in our side. That church is actually causing problems in the kingdom of darkness, Lord. We cry out, Lord, we want to be one to advance the kingdom of light. And part of that process is to actually cause problems for the kingdom of darkness because we will not fight flesh and blood, but we will, we will, we will fight principalities and powers. We will fight them in private and we will fight them in public. We will fight them behind closed doors and we will fight them in the corporate God. We will join our hands together and we will declare God's kingdom, God's rule, God's reign in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org